Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Good hey evening. Girl. How are Good you? Good evening. You know what? It's been just a real smooth week. You know, so far. Just been just great, nothing, hasn't it? Mm-mm. Nothing big going on. Nothing major. Couldn't, Feel good. Couldn't ask for better luck, huh? No. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, would you like to say you're welcome? Yes, I would. Welcome to the history of everything sex. That was perfect. Thank you. Absolutely perfect. I will no longer beatbox. <laughs> so I'm Melinda. <laughs> I'm Terry. And Miss Terry, have you ever heard of Maplethorpe? Maplethorpe? Uh-huh. Like T-H-O-R-P-E? Uh-huh. Okay. I have not. Okay. It's a person. Okay. I kind of so, sound like a last name. Yeah, that's the last name. His name is Robert Maplethorpe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I have a very vague memory of the first and like maybe the only time that I heard his name and it was like it was years ago and I, I don't remember how old I was or anything. All I remember hearing is something about pictures of naked people and uh-huh. that people were protesting the exhibit. And I remember at the time I was thinking, like, what's so bad about pictures of naked people? Well, put a pin in my little story for now and we'll circle back to that later. OK, mm-hmm. so. Who is Robert Maplethorpe? That's what Mm -hmm. we are talking about today. In a nutshell, as you'd like to say, um, Mm -hmm. he was an extremely talented, insanely controversial artist who was ambitious to a fault. Mm. But let's start from the beginning. Okay. On November 4th, 1946, Harry, an electrical engineer, and Joan, a homemaker, welcomed their third child, Robert Michael Maplethorpe. The family would go on to add three more children to their very Catholic family. Mm -hmm. Robert was born and raised in Floral Park, New York, which is a very safe, sheltered, predominantly Catholic neighborhood. And the Maplethorpes attended church every Sunday. Uh, Robert even served as an altar boy. Now, Mm -hmm. Robert had a group of friends that he played with outside, of course, like most young boys do. Mm -hmm. Um, And Robert was known as the pogo stick champ of his block. Oh, okay. Yes. His sister tells all about how he could just go on forever and ever hopping on that pogo stick of his. Yeah. He was also very intelligent and he finished high school in just two years. Oh, okay. Graduating from Martin Van Buren High School at age 16. Hmm. Now, at this point, he had never really had an interest in photography, mm-hmm. even though his father had enjoyed it as a hobby and even had a dark room in the basement. Which, you know, I kind of feel like when you're that age and your dad's into something, that means it's obviously not cool if your dad's into it. Right, so, right, right. Of course he wasn't into it. Oh, let me show you my model trains. I'm good, Dad. It, my, those are for nerds. Yeah. Now, Robert, who went by the name Bob at that time, um, he started at the Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, 
being so young, he was often teased by the other more mature students. And by mature, I mean older, because obviously they're not more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he was given the nickname Maypo, which seems like a play on his last name of Maplethorpe, but was actually a kid's cereal at the time. Hmm. So, you oh, know, Maypo, were... yeah. Yeah, right. I remember. Better. Right. No, wait. No, I remember it, though. Okay. It's kind of like a, like a cream of wheat kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I had never heard of it, but I Googled it. I saw the little commercial, and it does seem geared towards kids. So yeah. I guess mm-hmm. that that's what they were doing is, like, calling him a kid by calling him Mapo. So Okay, you know, gotcha. Yeah. You know, something like that. Now, Robert majored in advertising design. Mm. At college, Robert really came to realize what he did and did not like. He definitely did not enjoy photography still. In fact, for his school projects that required him to submit photographs, he would borrow something from his father to turn in. Mm. What he did enjoy, he found, was gay porno magazines. Mm. In fact, he often cut out his favorite pictures and used them in collages, which he submitted for his required art projects. Mm. He also liked LSD and weed. Okay. Yeah. So likes to party. All right. Regular old college kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, too bad he's only 16, but right. Right. Exactly. Now he ended up changing his major to graphic design, which apparently gave him like more freedom to try new art mediums. Mm -hmm. He dabbled in making jewelry as well as drawing. Mm -hmm. A college friend named Harry recounted stories about Robert's college days. For example, he says, Robert would stay up all night coming up with unique art ideas. Robert also owned a little monkey, which he named Scratch. I, I that, love that. No, that's so that's cute. a great like, name. Yeah. yeah. Now, as monkeys do, Scratch masturbated a lot and <laughs> threw his poop at people. Right, right. Uh, but Robert just loved him. He would walk around campus dressed in black wearing a black cape with the monkey on his shoulder because Robert also loved attention. Okay. He sounds like it. Exactly. He wanted everybody to look at him. Uh-huh. So one day Robert called this friend, Harry in tears. Scratch had died. Oh no. And, and Robert was just torn up. However, Robert was also very resourceful. Um, they happened to just have been assigned a project in class where they were to make a musical instrument out of bone. You know where oh, this is going. Huh? Okay. Yeah. So Robert took Scratch's head, boiled it a mm-hmm. good long time till it was just a skull, and somehow fashioned this into an instrument. Oh, my. And he received very high marks from. His I would professor. say. I mean, you've got to <laughs> shit, right? That's creative, exactly. How uh, how coincidental that your monkey just died and you need a bone, right? <laughs> but Robert definitely felt out of place at Pratt. His differentness and creativity were met with criticism and ridicule from the other students. With only one course left to earn his bachelor's degree in fine arts, Robert left Pratt. Ah, uh, that's 
that's too bad. I know. You and know? they say that's Jeez. a really, it's a really big deal to have a bachelor's in fine arts. So mm. yeah, he was done. So around this time, which is in 1966, he met and fell head over heels in love with Patty Smith. Now, do you know Patty Smith? Wait, is this Patty Smith from, is it the Pretenders? No, wait. I don't. Uh, she's a famous musician and singer and stuff. Yeah, I don't think Patty she's with Smith. the Pretenders, though, but she, she looks like the guy from the Pretenders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I listened Jet to Black Hair. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I know what you're talking about. Then it's not Pretenders. What am I thinking no. of? It yeah. was just the Patty Smith band, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it, is it with a Y? Nope. I. With an I? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Patty would be his one and only female partner in his life, and they were together for a very long time. They had a very open, like literally open, honest and unconventional relationship, and they were both very free-spirited and adventurous, as one would be in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, they were also both starving artists, literally. Mm -hmm. In 1969, they moved into the smallest, cheapest room in the Chelsea Hotel in Manhattan. And sometimes they would pay rent with the artwork that they had created. So mm. that's a pr pretty nice landlord you got there. Right, your, man. Can take I get your art? Can I do that? Exactly. That'd be awesome. I'll make you a bracelet. Right. Robert started using fetish clothing like underwear, leather pants, and things like that to make his artwork. He was definitely very talented. And he would come up with truly unique and new ideas. Of course, that does not often pay the bills. It doesn't buy food. And what Robert wanted most in the entire world was to be rich and very, very famous. Mm -hmm. um, so Patty and... Robert had a neighbor named Sandy Daly who offered to loan Robert her Polaroid camera so that he could try his hand at photography. Whereas Robert had once shunned cameras, he now kind of fell in love with it. He would spend any money he could scrounge up on film for the camera, even if it meant going without food. Damn. That's wow. why they were skinny. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, while no artist before had ever used Polaroids as an art form, Robert ran with it. He made collages with the pictures, and he knew just how to make those photos look professional and artful. His first models were Patty, of course, and some fella named David Crowland. Huh. Now, right. David was an artist himself, as well as a model who ran in Andy Warhol's circle of friends. David and Robert were introduced through a mutual friend, and despite Robert still being with Patty, the two fell in love pretty quickly. Uh, After a few months, Patty cat caught on, of course. Yeah. So Patty Smith sang, because the night belongs yes. to a love house. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And that's the only song of hers I know. Mm -hmm. And yet she's like in the top 100 artists by the rolling stones wow hmm. so i don't know maybe if that's huh. your thing then you're like well yeah patty smith's amazing uh -huh, i don't know uh -huh. so mm. huh. um now robert took 
loads of photos of David. That neighbor who lent him the camera, Sandy, well, she was also a filmmaker. And she made a little film titled Robert Having His Nipple Pierced. Oh. (laughs) Guess what the film was about? Robert having his nipple pierced? Literally a video (laughs) of Robert laying on the floor with his head in David's lap, getting his nipple pierced. Robert and David mostly like maintain eye contact with each other. And David's like caressing him. He seems to be comforting him. Meanwhile, what you hear as you're watching this is Patty. And she's not even narrating like what's happening. Mm -hmm. She's just talking about random stuff like her childhood, how she met Robert, her feelings about homosexuals. Like she's just rambling on. It's like really random. I don't sound so artsy. Exactly. Yes. Like people would people would like snap their fingers at the end of the movie to clap instead of clapping, clapping. Yeah. Well, the film was shown at the Museum of Modern Art, of course, like you said, and Uh it was reviewed by film critic Bob Colacello for Interview Magazine, which is Andy Warhol's magazine. So there's he plays a little bit into this whole situation. Mm. Now, Bob and Robert, which is crazy, uh, became very close friends and they spend a lot of time together at this point. Robert's sights were set on being a part of the in crowd, like the Mm. uppity social scene. And Mm. he wanted to rub elbows with the rich and famous and become one of them himself. Mm, You you see a running theme here. He's like, yes, whatever it takes. I want to be in with them. Yes. Through both David and Bob, Robert was introduced to some well-known artists and performers of the time. People who could really help him launch his career. One power couple, Maxime de la Falaise and John McKendry, um, John being the curator of prints and photography at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, that couple came to really like Robert. Mm. While John became infatuated with Robert, a feeling that was not reciprocated, Maxime put up with it as it was kind of in to be like bisexual then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And appearances were everything. So she's like, I'm just going to overlook the fact that my husband's in love with this guy who does not Mm -hmm. love him back because that's cool. Right. When Patty and Robert were flat broke, Maxime and John would send $20 in an envelope by taxi to him. (laughs) John bought Robert his first Polaroid camera of his own. And later, John invited Robert to Paris and London with him. I would like a friend like that. Yeah. David was less than happy with this idea because Robert and David are still dating. Um, Basically, he told Robert that as his boyfriend, he should not be traveling around with another man, especially one who was clearly in love with him. Well, yeah, if he didn't feel the same way, then he's clearly... Just, I, don't, I don't know if using him is the right word, but, you know. Oh, he was so using him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're in love with me. You have a lot of money. You can take me to Paris right, and right, London. Right. So, yeah, sure. Why not? But Robert told David, all is fine. He's not. He has nothing to worry about. And he did go to Europe and he was gone for a few months. 
He sent postcards to David very frequently, and Robert was really treated to the high life over there in Europe. But when he returned, he and David picked right back up where they had left off. But then Robert started to change. So Robert had discovered a little club called Mineshaft. This was a gay bar slash club. It was not to be confused with Minecraft. No, not Something Minecraft. completely different. <laughs> and not Mineshaft like it's German for German my... like mine, mine shaft. <laughs> mine, mine shaft. It's an M-I-N-E-S-H-A-F-T. Okay. You got it. Exactly. So this gay bar slash club, anything goes here. Like they, yeah. it's, ooh, wow, it's something. Mm-hmm. There were different sex rooms and devices. There was a whipping post. Mm. There was even a bathtub where a guy would lay in it naked while other guys surrounded the tub, jerking off and coming and peeing all over the person in the tub. Mm, okay. okay. Now, guys would ask Robert to lead them around on a leash, of course. And Robert was fascinated by this, and he really started to dig it. So he eventually became quite active in the S&M world himself. Mm-hmm. And this is what more or less broke up the relationship between David and Robert. Because David really wasn't, he wasn't, that wasn't him. You know, he's like, "Mm, not so much. Right. This is also when Robert's pictures began to cross over to the more adult content and really crossed over into a new, never before done genre of black and white photographs. Hmm. So this was around the summertime of 1972. And we're going to talk in detail about some of these pictures, but I kind of want to keep on with the the, uh, timeline here. All right. So enter Sam Wagstaff. Now, Sam was. <laughs> oh, you like Wagstaff, don't you? I, I do. <laughs> now, well, Sam, we're talking, I don't know. He's going to wag his staff. Exactly. Gotcha. Can you wag your staff at mine shaft? Yeah, it's kind of like, you almost got it. <laughs> Sam was a very rich, relatively famous, handsome curator and collector of art who was 24 years old older than Robert and Sam definitely had some very influential friends, including Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. While Robert had taken some inspiration from Andy and highly regarded his work, the two were not friends. Andy had described Robert as dirty and he did not think that his Polaroid pictures were art. They really were just in competition mm. with each other is what it was. Right, right, right. I mean, right. So Sam and Robert had a really, really great relationship. Um, Sam was well aware that his money was a large part of the appeal for Robert. And he was Mm -hmm. just fine with that. He bought Robert his first big boy camera, as well as a really nice loft to live in on Bond Mm. Street in New York. Oh, right. It pays to have good, uh, rich friends. Right. Sounds fancy. Mm hmm. In early 1973, Robert, with the help and influence of Sam, held his first solo art exhibition at New York's Light Gallery. Believing that the show actually started with the invitation, 
because Robert is, he is such an artist. Um, Robert included a black and white photo with each invitation that he mailed out. And most of them, they were each different. Most of them were of his penis in some fashion. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) welcome to the show. Right. And this was truly the beginning of Robert's professional career as an artist. The exhibition, not necessarily the pictures of his penis, but Mm -hmm. kind of the whole the whole thing. Right. Okay. Now, Sam, who collected all kinds of like lesser known art forms, Sam bought so many of Robert's works himself. So over time, Robert brought Sam out of his shell and was able to photograph Sam quite a bit. He also took pics of the two of them together, having sex and not having sex. Hmm. Sam was coming into his own. 24 years older than Robert and really kind of finally coming to terms with the fact that he was gay. He was very modest and shy and Robert really brought him around to this kind of thing. And, and Sam became more and more comfortable having his picture taken while they were intimate, etc. Hmm. So with Sam, Robert became a regular patron at the swanky club max's kansas city which Hmm. is such an odd name to me for a club but yeah yeah and it was a little weird right it was very exclusive fun fact deborah harry from blondie Mm -hmm. was a waitress that worked there oh and her musical partner chris stein also hung out there and with robert huh so there you go now in 1975 robert photographed patty for the cover of her album horses that album cover became iconic and mm. this really shot both patty and robert to fame mm. now after this robert was being commissioned mostly by interview magazine to photograph the rich and powerful leaders of the world and of course he took those jobs and he did an amazing job mm. but that wasn't his passion He felt the commissioned photos of people weren't truly art. You're just taking pictures. In 1976, Sam sent Robert to Mystique on his private plane. Mystique was a very highfalutin, fancy, members-only type island where the Mm -hmm. rich played and vacationed. Mm. Mm -hmm. And this was a whole new world for Robert. And yet he fit right in and the people there just loved him. He photographed them. He partied with them and he was very well accepted. And he also went to Paris and London to photograph the rich, the famous, the royals. And yet when he returned to New York, he would spend time back at the mine shaft. He often would meet men there, bring them home, have sex with them and then photograph them. Always with their consent. He's no Jeffrey Dahmer. While he did not have a studio, Robert often brought friends, journalists, art critics, and others to his loft to show them his work. Mm. Holly Solomon was a gallery owner who Robert hoped would exhibit his work. She put him to the test by having him photograph her. She was really impressed with his work. 
So she agreed to host a show. But Holly drew the line at exhibiting the S&M photos. That was not going to happen. So Robert and Sam decided there was only one solution. Two shows. So Robert created and sent out invitations saying, beginning February 5th, 1977, the cleaner, more PG works were being displayed at the Holly Solomon Gallery on West Broadway. And there were portraits of royals and uber famous people, while the more pornographic photos were being exhibited at the Kitchen on Broom Street. Obviously, another gallery. So the invitations included two pictures side by side. Both had Robert's hand holding a pen with the word pictures written on a piece of paper. Okay. In one picture, he has on a leather glove, a large silver cuff-like bracelet. And then in the other hand, in the other picture, his hand is bare but he's wearing a watch and you can see the cuffs of what appeared to be like a men's dress shirt. Okay. You know, so same picture. The only difference is how his arm or hand represents a fashion of some sort or a yeah, yeah, yeah. personality of some sort. Huh. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, huh. In 1978, Robert carefully chose 13 of his photographs which he mounted on a black background, signed in silver, and he called this his Portfolio X, homosexual sadomasochistic imagery. All right. So I'm going to give you like a crude general explanation of what these 13 pictures are. Okay. Okay. Google them when you get a chance because they are worth it. But listen to me first because you need a little bit of a heads up. Some of them are a a bit much. Okay. So the first, and these are all black and white. Mm -hmm. The the first picture is a bald man looking down. So all you can see is like the top of his head and his shoulders. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So with the bald man. Exactly. Exactly. But but with the way that the light is and everything else, it's still like a really cool picture, you know? Yeah. Is he wearing a shirt or no shirt? Um, no, no, it's just bare shoulders and the top of his head. Okay. Okay. The second one is a man dressed in black leather pants with no shirt. He's wearing a black hood, like a mask that goes over your head. You know what I mean? Like one of those rubber mask things. Oh yeah. 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 And then zipper in it, but you know, yeah. One of those. Yes. American horror story. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Okay. Um, He's wearing leather gloves and he's crouched down, like holding on to like the fire escape with one hand and then Mm -hmm. just kind of looking off to the side. Hmm. And it's a little bit like a cool picture. Yeah, it is a very cool picture. Yeah. Okay, the third one, a man in jeans with that same leather mask hood thing on um, holding his penis. Uh, and he is peeing into the mouth of another man who is kneeling in front of him. Okay. Mm. That's a, that's a, it's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, number four is a picture of the pelvis of a man 
who is wearing a leather jacket. You can see the bottom of the jacket. There's a couple leather belts going on, but there's no pants. And there's like this sock like thing that's holding his like penis and balls. It's kind of an odd picture. It's definitely not my favorite of the of the bunch. Mm -hmm. But but that's what that is. Huh. Yeah. Um, number five, the profile of a man with this weird cloth mask thing over his mouth and nose. He's got a strap around his forehead and like this gauze thing wrapped around his neck. Also not my hmm. favorite because I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think about that. I'm no right, 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 what's though. going on there. Yeah. OK. So oh, come on. Six, I know. <laughs> <laughs> me and my art background um so number six is a man in a full black rubber suit and hood like head to toe like you said american horror story okay he's on all fours with a hose hanging out of his mouth which mm. later the model who it, it is in the picture he later talks about the fact that that tube is actually um hooked to an enema bag oh oh no nah. right exactly yeah so yeah but stuff yeah 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 okay mm -hmm. number seven a naked man sitting with his knees up and he has some kind of like needles coming out like in his nipples it's kind of strange okay he has tl written on his chest it's kind of odd the guy looks like he's kind of having fun he's sitting there facing you he's on his butt he's got his feet in front of him with his knees bent up and you can of course see his penis okay um but he's just it's just sitting there and it's kind of uh, huh. kind of weird yes wiener's just just hanging on the ground just yep yep yeah just on that mm. number eight uh is the back of a man who is squatting down wearing a leather jacket and no pants. And he has a leather strap that goes down the middle of his butt like a thong. Okay. Huh. All right. So number nine, this one's kind of hard to figure out, but it looks like a penis and balls on a tray, like a dissection tray. Oh yeah. And I think that the genitals are still attached to someone. And that the tray is actually like, hmm, I, like the balls and the penis are coming through the tray, but mm. they're also tied up to it. It's, it's, I that still can't figure it odd. out. Yeah. I would have to look at it for a uh. long time, I think, to really figure out what, what's happening. But right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Number 10. Number 10. There's a very well-built man bent over. So you can see him from the side and his head is not in the picture and he is holding something that sort of looks like a soda can or like a solid cylinder and he's holding it partially inserted into his ass. Well, that just sounds painful. Yes. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know if it is. I should say, yes, it sounds right. Painful. It does look yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number 11, this one is a penis, and it's held with the man's right hand, and his left pinky finger is inside his urethra. I don't think people are supposed to do that. No. Right? Am I, I mean, yeah. kink or not? I mean, right. 
damage. Yes. And it sounds Ugh. painful. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so, it does. All right. Number 12. Now, this one's a real doozy. Okay. So prepare yourself. Okay. So this is a man's ass with another man's fist in his rectum all the way up past the wrist. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, wow. It's. Wow. It's. Uh, it's something for sure. Something. Sounds like it. Yes. So lastly, number 13 is Robert himself. Um, he makes an appearance. We see the back. We see the back of him. His left foot is up on a stool or a chair. He's wearing leather chaps. He's leaning forward, but he's looking back at the camera. And he has a bull whip with the tip of it in his butt. Like up in his butt. Dang. Right. And he said at one point, like, I would never do art of people doing things that I wouldn't do. Like, I'm I'm in this, too. So obviously, yes, he is. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is Portfolio X. And this was just the first of a three part work, which also includes Portfolio Y and Z. Now, what would you guess that the other two collections of 13 photographs were about? Like, what do you think the theme was of Portfolio Y? Well, I'm going to... Oh, if that was X. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember which is the chromosome. Does that have anything to do with chromosomes? Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope, but I understand um, what you're saying, like X, yeah, Y yeah. chromosomes. I'm going to I'm gonna go with penises. Uh, flowers. Still life's a flower. Oh, okay. Yes, this was his... Uh, he called it floral still lifes, which is exactly what so it was. So was it like, um, like in Greece too? You didn't see Greece too, did you? No, I didn't see Greece. Oh, too. and they were talking about the the flowers and the stamens. And no, and there was nothing sexual about this. These are actually gorgeous, gorgeous black and white pictures of flowers. Like it, they're amazing, and there's uh -huh. absolutely nothing sexual or pornographic or anything about them they're just gorgeous interesting pictures of flowers yes uh -huh. um this was also put together in 1978 the same year as portfolio x and robert truly i mean he's just such a talented photographer so we'll get to portfolio z in a few minutes but first we need to talk about the okay. changes that happened between 1978 and 1981 so for one thing, Patty left New York. She and Robert had little contact after that, which is kind of crazy because they were such a big part of each other's lives. Um, Robert also had mm -hmm. become a business. He hired Tom Barrill, which who was a tech to develop his photos. He hired his little brother, Edward, as his assistant, mm -hmm. and he hired two female office managers. Now, Robert wanted to take the pictures, but that's all he wanted to focus on. The rest was stuff that he didn't want to be bothered with. The film developer guy tells all about how Robert was very into the details of every picture that he took, how it turned out and, you know, like how they looked when they were finished. Like he wanted a certain part mm -hmm. to be in the lower corner or he wanted the light to be just so. 
Sometimes mm -hmm. Tom said Robert basically wanted a miracle. Tom says he'd be like, mm. dude, it's a guy pissing in another guy's mouth. Who cares? But Robert cared. <laughs> yeah. And right. for a while, Robert was sort of infatuated with a female bodybuilder named Lisa Lyons. The idea of a woman mm. with a hard body was really new to Robert. He also loved the different ways that he could portray her. Like he would have her looking beautifully feminine and elegant. Then he'd have her look more raw or like dirty, maybe. Uh, he had her look like a businesswoman mm -hmm. and then silly and then like a housewife and then really butch. Mm -hmm. He had her in lingerie. Like a mechanic. And then, right. right. <laughs> he had her as a bride. Uh -huh. and he had her in bondage. And he actually made a whole book and a short film based on these pictures. Hmm. Then he started to shift his focus to African-American men. He quickly fell in mm -hmm. love with the black male body, as well as with Milton mm -hmm. Moore, who was his next partner, who he, of course, photographed a lot. Now, Robert mm -hmm. had an idea. Was he black or did he say? He was. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. um, Robert okay, had an yeah. idea of the perfect penis from the dimensions to the shape <laughs> to the color like he knew exactly what the perfect penis would look like and don't we all right well Milton had it <laughs> but Milton had one condition only his body could be in the pictures not his head or face one of Robert's mm. most famous pictures is called Man in Suit, and it's the body of Milton from his chest to his knees. Um, he's wearing a polyester suit with his penis hanging out of the pants. So it's like this nice, sharply dressed man, but you assume it's a man because you can only see that part of the body. But then um, there's his dong. There's yeah. this perfect penis just jutting out of the little zipper fly. <laughs> now, when the relationship <laughs> between Robert and Milton ended, Robert was wrecked. Like he was heartbroken. It was the only time some of his friends said they'd ever seen uh... him cry, but it just, it was not working out. So next, you know, no means next. Uh, next, he met Jack Wells who he ended up living with for nearly 10 years, another African-American man. Hmm. And Robert said at one point that Jack filled the hole in his heart, but he was no Milton. What a nice thing to say about your, mm -hmm. your new lover. According right. to, right. According to, <laughs> you're Jack, almost perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you fill in the space, so we'll just keep you around. Um, now, according to Jack, Robert was so into himself and so worried about getting his name out there that the two of them never argued because, you know, it was like, okay, Jack, you just, you, you do whatever you want because I got other things going on over here, you know. I'm going to worry about me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Robert right. took pictures of Jack. Um, and then he also took pictures of a model named Ken Moody. Fun fact... Ken was Robert's most photographed male model, yet Ken's penis 
was never in any of the pictures. And huh. Ken, right. And Ken says that there was never any attraction between him and Robert. Um, in fact, Ken said that he was too white for Robert. He talked too white. He acted too white, whatever that means. You know, okay. All of a sudden. Right. <laughs> like, yes. Exactly. Once you go black. You right. Know. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and Ken's really, you know, a lot of this I got from the documentary and when they're talking to Ken, he's a hoot. Cause he's like, and my penis is in none of those pictures. I'm sorry, no, but it's not. Um, so portfolio Z were, was called nude portraits of black men. And it was assembled in 1981. Okay. So after this, Robert got away from the S&M type pictures for the most part, but he definitely continued to take pictures, like many, many pictures. He was living with Jack, but he was also going mm -hmm. down to the gay clubs to pick up men, sometimes twice in a day. And then in September of 1986, Robert went into the hospital with pneumonia and was diagnosed with AIDS. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was going about to ask. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. was when AIDS was still very new, very scary. You knew mm -hmm. that you were going to die from it. Robert was shocked that Jack did not have it. In fact, he was kind of pissed. He's like, it's not fair. Like, why do I have it? And you don't. That's not fair. As opposed to like, right. oh, I love you. And I'm so glad that you don't have it. I'm and glad, you're not right, going right, to die. Right. Right. Yeah. So Robert immediately made it his mission to take as many pictures as possible because mm -hmm. he wanted to become so famous that he would never be forgotten. He wanted mm -hmm. people to write and talk about him forever and ever. He wanted podcasts about him even before mm -hmm. they knew what a podcast was. Now, at the same time with his diagnosis, um, his artwork began selling for crazy amounts of money because now that people knew that he was dying, they all wanted his work. Um, also, there was something called a mid-career retrospective um, that was held for Robert at the Whitney. And this was apparently a very rare honor, but mm. it was also like a going away party or more like a funeral, like before Robert was even dead. So everyone who ever knew him, like, came to this show, they came to see him, they shook his hand, they basically said goodbye. Mm -hmm. Now, sadly, on January 14th of 1987, Sam Wagstaff died of AIDS, which, of course, was upsetting to Robert, because even though they weren't mm -hmm. still together, you know, they still, you know, were friends. Right, right. What Robert was really sad and upset about was that he had just really started making that rich people money like he was mm -hmm. so bitter um he organized his final exhibition uh mm -hmm. it was called robert Ma maplethorpe the perfect moment um it was held december 8th 1988 at the philadelphia institute of contemporary art and it was the first time that portfolio x y and z were all on exhibit together in their entirety. Robert was too sick to go to the party. And three Aww. months later, Robert passed away on March 9th, 1989 at 5.30 a.m. 
Soon after his death, lots of museums were clamoring to get their hands on Robert Maplethorpe portfolio exhibit. In June of 1989, the Corcoran Gallery in Washington, D.C. was set to open the Maplethorpe exhibit. Jesse Helms pleaded with Congress to not allow it. Protesters took to the streets to support the museum, but ultimately the exhibit was canceled on the day of the opening. Five weeks later, a nearby museum held the exhibit and had a record-breaking number of ticket sales. Oh, wow. Um, So the issue here really was, it was something called NEA, which is the National Endowment for the Arts. And this is tax money that funds museums and artists. And the perfect moment had received $30,000. So you know, when people are like, I'm paying for this, why am I paying for porn or whatever so that's why it was you know such a big controversy as opposed to just hey the museum's having this exhibit if you want to go go if you don't don't Mm -hmm. this was more like oh this is our tax money that's paying for this and that's why it was a big deal that's why it was a big protest type thing okay a year later guess where the perfect moment landed where right here in cincinnati Oh, wow. In our stupid, conservative city of Cincinnati Uh (laughs) at the Contemporary Arts Center. So Simon Lease, who we now know as the Hamilton County Sheriff. Yeah. um, He was then the county prosecutor. Mm. Now, he had previously become kind of famous when he fought Larry Flint, the publisher of Hustler magazine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Simon was very conservative, was very conservative and absolutely did not want any pornography anywhere in Cincinnati. And he and other county lawyers filed obscenity charges against both the museum itself, marking the first time ever that a museum was charged with a crime, as well as the director of the museum, Dennis Berry. Now, Dennis, who had naturally heard about the whole ruckus in D.C., he had already hired a lawyer who specialized in First Amendment rights for just this reason. Um, Dennis received death threats against himself and his family. Uh, The exhibition opened on the morning of April 7, 1990. This is what I think that I remember hearing a little bit about, like I was talking about the beginning of the episode that I kind of remember a little bit about this because I would have 1990. I mean, I was 15. So, right. right. You know, Um, but police swept in and closed it down a few hours later. All the guests had to leave. And this was so that the police officers could go in and take pictures of the pictures and bring that back to the courthouse. Once they were done taking pictures of the pictures, then the guests were allowed to go back in. And there were seven pictures that were in question. Five of the SM ones from Portfolio X. And then two of little kids where apparently it was like one picture of a boy, one picture of a girl, and they were naked. Which mm. I hate, but I haven't yeah. seen the picture. I mean, either way, you shouldn't have uh-huh. a naked child. But right, 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 you right. Know, right, right. So whatever. So, yeah, so that's what they were concerned with. 
And that was out of 175 pictures in this entire exhibit that they were mm-hmm. concerned about seven of those. Now, the trial took place over two weeks starting September 24th and ending October 5th of 1990. Mm -hmm. And the argument that Dennis and his team were putting up was that Maplethorpe's works were truly art. And this would basically make it impossible to categorize it as obscene. Mm -hmm. Art experts were brought in from all over the country. They came in to testify and every single one of them said Maplethorpe's works were indeed art. Mm. Yes. So after two hours, the jury found the museum and Dennis not guilty of obscenity charges. It was a big old waste of money. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So then just to kind of wrap up the story in 1992, the Maplethorpe Foundation gave the Guggenheim five million dollars. And with this, they started a collection of Robert's works in 1998. Maplethorpe Estate was valued at $228 million, right? In 2019, a collection of Maplethorpe's works were shown at the Guggenheim in a year-long exhibit called Implicit Tensions, Maplethorpe Now. And currently, right now, you can see some of his works exhibit exhibited at several museums around the world, including the Art Institute of Chicago, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, and the Tel Aviv Museum of Art. Hmm. The documentary titled Maplethorpe, Look at the Pictures is on HBO Max right now, and it is so well done. There's actually Mm -hmm. a lot of footage of Robert talking about his work and stuff, you know, because this was late enough, you know, in the 70s and such where he was interviewed on television and he, you know, because he wanted to get his name and his face out there as much as he could. So there's quite a bit of footage. There's him explaining like why he did things and how he did them and how he felt about them. And, you know, and then a lot of his models are talking. A lot of the people he was in a relationship with are talking. So it was it was really good. I mean, like I said, even if you've never heard of him before, I thought it was it was just really, really interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm going to definitely check that. You, did you say it's on HBO? HBO Max. HBO Max. OK. OK. Yeah. And the um, but, you know, I don't I don't care whether you're a prude, whether you're used to watching porn like it, some of those pictures when you first see them, you're just like, whoa. You know, uh-huh. they just right, kind of, right, right. you know, they kind of catch you right in the gut there. And you're yeah. like, oh, 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 I didn't. Oh, wow. How about that? So to wrap this up, uh-huh. I have a little game. Of course. Yes, nice. of course. So we are going to play a little game of did Maplethorpe take pictures of this person or not? Oh, okay. Because like I said, um, he was commissioned to take some photographs of some people, Mm -hmm. famous people and stuff. Oh, he would charge. I don't know if I said this already. I think I missed it. He would charge $10,000 for a photo session. And when it was all said and done, he picked two pictures that you could take with you, that you could have. Wow. That's what you got for $10,000. Okay. Jeez. Right. All right. So I will tell you the person and you tell me okay. if you think that he photographed this person or not. Okay. All right. 
Um, Andy Warhol. I feel like this is a trick question. Like, I want to say, yeah. But then if, if Andy Warhol is like, it's not art. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah. He did. They oh, okay. actually took a picture of each other, like, later, like, before Robert died, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert's picture of Andy Warhol makes him look kind of like a saint. And Andy's picture of Robert makes him look like scum. Like, oh, okay. Not a good, not good at all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, check those out. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, Grace Jones, you know, Grace Jones. Oh, I do. I'm going to mm-hmm. say, yeah. Yes, that is okay. correct. Yeah. It How seems about... like it would be his wheelhouse because she's very like a strong kind of androgynous. Mm-hmm. Exactly you know. right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, but very dark. She's, she's gorgeous. Yes, she is. Yes, she, she is, is like perfection. She looks yes. like she smells really good too. Yeah. Um, William Shatner. No. You're right. You're okay. right. Not William Shatner. Uh, Richard Gere. Huh. No. Yes. Oh, he did? Okay. Yes, he did do Richard Gere. Um, how about Princess Diana? Yes. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Not that I could find anyway. Uh-huh. Um, Kathleen Turner. Yes. Yes. Okay. Correct. I'm How thinking about... time frame too. I know. I know. Like right. Romancing the stone and. <laughs> hmm. The... How about share? Yes. No. Oh. Okay. Not share. I know, right? Um. Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Yes. Okay. John Lennon. No. Nope, you're right. Okay. Yoko Ono. Yes. Yes. Okay. Look, you are really good well, at Well, I'm that. like I'm thinking of pictures that I've seen of them. Of <laughs> okay. these people. You know it's what funny. I mean? Yeah. How about the group Talking Heads? Yes. Yes. Because that's okay. the only reason I would ever bring that group up. <laughs> um Michael Jackson. No. Correct. Okay. Brooke Shields. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Yes. You know why I'm th- what made uh, made me think yes is because the female bodybuilder. I was thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, like because like I, I was very cool. Well, I'm I'm definitely gonna check out that um documentary. Yeah, it is really good, and it shows yeah. all those pictures. Like, I am just so impressed with with his work and like I said I I definitely am not I don't know a lot about art I could never walk in and go oh you know like this one looks blah 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 like right 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 I couldn't say anything that meant anything but I can Uh also look at a picture and go damn that like that's beautiful or wow that's really cool how that looks you know right right so yeah so besides of course the S&M type stuff he was just also really known for the fact that especially at first it was all Polaroids and that was uh-huh. really new. And he would even like do things with the Polaroids. Again, stuff that I don't understand it had to do with Chrome. Yeah, and yeah. had to yeah, do yeah. with this, that and the other. Okay. But somehow he would like, you know, make them cooler than just your average everyday Polaroid photograph. And yeah, uh-huh. 
Yeah, but it's all Very black cool. and white. It's all black and white. Um, yeah, so. Very cool. Oh, and I think, you'll have to tell me what you think later, but I think that Robert Maplethorpe, I kept, as I'm watching the documentary, as I'm reading all these articles about him, I kept thinking, he looks like a cross between Harry Styles. You know what? I was going to guess that. I really? Was, I don't know why. I was picturing that in my head. I yes. was picturing a, a thin, you know, David Bowie-ish looking. Uh-huh. But then I was thinking, I don't know why. I was thinking Harry Styles. That's yes. so funny. He looks to me like a mix between Harry Styles and Willem Dafoe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And it kind of depends yeah. on like where you see, like how the light is, you know, because uh-huh. You know, in the in the end, you know, before before he passes away, but when he's really sick, I mean, he just I mean, he looks old fast and he's only in his early 40s. And oh, but wow. he, you know, it's AIDS, obviously, and he's about to die. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. So check him out. Very interesting. I'm totally going to check it out. Cool. Well, well, thank you for that. Absolutely. And we will talk again next week. And if I ever find out someone ever says, oh, I've got a collection of Maplewood. No, oh. Maplethorpes hanging in my dining room. I'm <laughs> going to come to your house for dinner because I need to see what collection. Do you have the and- flowers or the penises? Thank you, Melinda. See you All later. Right. Bye. Bye.